This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech and Egypt's, a bonus episode from For Tech's Sake, where we tear some problematic tech to shreds. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. In our latest episode of For Tech's Sake, we talked about AI. Sentient AI in particular. It's lies. <laughs> it's all lies. I mean, I, and people are actually a bit fooled by it because I was at an event where someone got on stage and said, sentient AI is here on the back of those reports. And I was in the audience like, no, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some people think it's it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not super surprised just because, you know, the amount of reports that came out and, you know, when people in prominent positions like, you know, like, a Google engineer, for example, comes out and says, this is a thing, you know, it has to be talked about. And then we do talk about it and we talk about the fact that, no, 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 that's not true. Yeah. Talk to all the experts who are like, I don't I don't think this is a thing. Stop trying to make sentient AI happen, Blake. I'm really sorry. Yeah. It's not a thing. Now, sentient AI would be, it's not a thing, uh, <laughs> but it would be basically a robot that is sentient. It can understand and feel and you know, comprehend in, in its own form in the way humans can. And that's not happening. But there is, you know, scope where people are trying to make robots a little bit more understanding of humans. Yeah. Um, they're not sentient. They're still not sentient. So that's important. But like, you know, trying to understand the nuances of human conversation in a way. And there's actually, there's a great paper in uh, Frontiers and Robotics and AI that they're trying to make a robot laugh like in a conversational way, like they're trying to make robots understand human laughter. And that's there's not even just like it can laugh. Like, do you remember when Ale- was it Alexa that did a creepy giggle at one point? What? Oh, oh, yeah. I think this is more like trying to be like the appropriate kind of laugh. Exactly. So it's not just this one perfect Creep. robotic. Creep. <laughs> <laughs> creepy <laughs> child laugh. Yeah. yeah. Ha, ha, ha. It's meant to like understand, oh, hearty chuckle or modest giggle. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, like embarrassed chuckle, <laughs> sort of a slow golf yeah. clap version for laughter and robots. And it's I, I just think this is a really cute story. I just think it's yeah. lovely because it's it's all coming back to the reason they're doing this is not, again, to make robots sentient, but it sort of comes back to that sort of making robots and AI empathetic mm. and understanding like how a conversation is going in humans. Because yeah. ultimately trying to understand how humans talk and things like that comes from understanding those conversational nuances yeah. and things like that. But always, as always, there's a flip side we need to be aware of here because you'll see someone will issue a report and like we're trying to make an AI laugh and we managed to do it and AI can understand the sense of humour and very quickly it becomes AI sentient (laughs) it has feelings it thinks I'm funny Um, (laughs) and like what we have to be aware of and like some experts responding to this report would have highlighted this it's like what this does is it doesn't make sentient AI but it makes an AI that is very good at making you believe Mm. it understands what's going on yeah and that's the thing that we really have to bear in mind. So like, definitely there are uses in empathetic AI, especially if you, if you think of the things like social care robotics yeah. and the developments that are happening there. But again, as with all AI developments, let's tread this line carefully, please. Yeah. Uh, there's other um, areas where AI is becoming a bit more nuanced and a bit closer to human things like, you know, art. And I love the blend of art and technology in general. I think that's really, really fun. And I think it's always something that should be more intertwined than, you know, separating like art and creativity and hard technical skills. I, I hate that. So yeah. this is a really exciting um, area, and particularly with DALI, 
for example. Yeah, I think it is freaking people out though when they see like that you can input some text and get a fancy, even like a Renaissance style image or a modern art style image by inputting text into a generator such as DALI mm. or Stable Diffusion or Imogen, I think is the Google one. So if if you're on Twitter, uh, you might have seen, <laughs> if any of us are still on Twitter, I have to keep putting in that caveat mm-hmm. for when the episodes come out. Um, but if you've been on Twitter recently, you might have seen uh, people who are like putting snippets of text and then like some funny looking images mm. coming up around after them and it's because they're using an image generator, text to image generator. They've become massively common and popular over the last couple of weeks and all the people that have been testing it and having fun with it are actually helping to improve mm. the the algorithms and stuff like that and making them better as well. So like people have been having loads of fun with it, but as always, there's problems. Yeah. So in the case of Stable Diffusion, one of them, like there was people getting worried again about like their their livelihoods if they were artists being threatened by these text image generators um, and also being um, plagiarized as artists yeah, as be- well. Because you don't, it's not just a case of, you know, you can put in a bunch of words and stuff and it comes back with, um you know, a picture that would replicate what you were trying to, you know, visualize on a picture form. But like if you put in an artist's style, like if you actually put in their name and stuff, the like the some of the AIs know the style and then they they do play twice. Yeah, like if there is enough images of that artist style or even that like format that you mention or whatever, you know, if you say like Renaissance or like mm. Da Vinci or something like that, if there's enough of that data in the database, it will probably generate something really, really close to that because it is all about building on what's in the database, what images are, mm. are being scanned and have been categorized in that way. And an interesting point on that, it was another problem with st- uh, stable diffusion was the amount of not safe for work images that people were generating on it. Oh. Um, mm, yeah, because <laughs> pe- that, that will happen. <laughs> the, the people are obviously going to try things and push boundaries when you release the tool like this. Of course they are. Uh, the 2.0 version of stable diffusion apparently makes it harder to mimic artist styles and to generate not safe for work output on it. Imagine... That must be to do with what they've done with the database. So in terms of the not safe for work images, they've apparently removed that from the training data. So in our episode, we spoke to Abeba Brahane about how databases that underpin these technologies do need to be detoxified mm. detoxified, and cleansed in many ways. And uh, this is a case of that actually being done to improve the software. And I'm saying improve because this was a tool they, they personally didn't want people making not safe for work images on it. Mm-hmm. If that's your thing, if that's what you're into, fine. But... When you get into allowing technologies to do that, you get into the dangerous area of, as always, these things being used for abuse. So there is a thing called unstable diffusion mm-hmm. that is specifically made to generate AI porn. Um, and again, I'm not shaming anyone who might be into that sort of thing. What I would be concerned with is then you can basically deep fake pornography of an individual who has not consented to that kind of imagery being yeah. made about them. Yeah, which just opens up a whole other aspect of technology, abuse, consent, things like that, which we, you know, talked a little bit about in our tech facilitated abuse episode. But um the deep faith thing is actually like a whole other ballgame, even moving away from, you know, AI generated art and things like that. But like deep fakes are becoming really, really really deep in their abilities to <laughs> do the faking. Um, yeah. They're harder to detect now. Much harder. Yeah. yeah. They've gotten so good. Now, some of the really, really top ones, you've probably seen the Tom Cruise one on TikTok. Mm. There's a Keanu one on TikTok as well. It's pretty fun. Um, and I think it's been a Morgan Freeman one. Yeah. It was really, really good as well. The really, really good ones tend to actually use impersonators underlying the technology. Um, And actually, it's very similar to what you see uh, special effects providers using in de-aging technology and stuff like that in films. 
So um, in the solo film, mm-hmm. I, I think Harrison Ford was de-aged for that. Yeah. Obviously in The Irishman, um, Robert De Niro was de-aged for that. And then there's a whole other set of films coming out that are going to be using this technology more intensively. So whenever you see that kind of technology, because it's overlaid on someone who who was that face at one point, is just older, uh, older now, it does work that little bit better but a really really funny moment in The Irishman where um, obviously not a young Robert De Niro when he moves <laughs> he's clearly an older man yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a, a spry yeah <laughs> and I do wonder because the thing about something about the way we watch um, movies and stuff like that you'll watch a film when you're like in the 80s or 90s and it looked great then and then mm. years later it doesn't yeah um, so I do wonder about those films that are being made now with this really high grade CGI on them how well are they gonna look now in the yeah. future when our eyes get better at detecting this stuff but like you said it is getting much harder to detect the yeah. fakes yeah which is scary a, a problem <laughs> a huge problem yeah but the Why voice part is, the voice part is the hardest part isn't it yeah so that's why they often get impersonators mm. to do them because voices are hard to fake or at least they were <laughs> but the AI just keeps getting more advanced and getting ahead of this stuff so <laughs> the have you seen the film Sorry to Bother You? Yes. Yeah, where um, Lakeith Stanfield uh, takes a job in a call centre and adopts white person voice to yeah. try and better his communications with the people he's calling. Um, and it's really funny. I think it's a Patton Oswalt is actually doing his voice. I think so, The voiceover yeah. of Lakeith Stanfield. It's, it's a super fun film and then it goes on a mad journey after that point. But this whole idea of white person voice was not a new concept brought to bear on that film it was popularised by mm-hmm. it but it is a thing um, people who work in call centres who happen to not have what they call standard English American voice mm. aka white person voice we, uh, we know the voice yeah they are told to kind of like tone down their accents and um, maybe even adopt a name that sounds a bit more all-American I was going to say uh, they always have names like Jim <laughs> yeah. or you know uh, so why am I talking about this in terms of AI uh, a company <laughs> called Sanus, which got like $32 million funding this summer. They use AI to white person your voice. Um, so Oh my they, good God. They layer it over call centre workers and change their voices. And they, they say, no, it's not racist. <laughs> they say, it's not, it's not, we're not racist. Um, well. Uh, it's not great either. <laughs> and it um, kind of deeper embeds the biases that, that are inherent in the problem. Yeah, there. That it's okay. The, it's it's okay to w- whiten your voice. It's okay. Yeah. It, like you should be you should be getting rid of yeah. accents. Taking and, an unacceptable workaround and developing technology to make that the norm. Like wow, wow. <laughs> can they can can the call center person hear that? Is that happening live? Like I I'm so oh, like yeah I haven't like I haven't tried it out um and they got a lot what? of backlash like someone literally made the comparison to the film Sorry to bother you they saw it yeah they're like hey I can make a tech out of that yeah uh, but yeah they have gotten a lot of backlash but they've also gotten a lot of funding because biases exist and rather than fix society it's easier to build some AI tech that fixes people's voices and I say fix with yeah but also make like makes it harder to fix the problems because Abeba mentioned in our episode that like you know those like automated um tools like automated phone calls that you're going through the things and you're like say this and that to get through their little phone tree to get to an actual human being um is hard it's hard to understand her accent for example because they're trained to understand a very specific that sort of like Anglo English American sort Mm. of 
um, accent. Like even on the wrong on the wrong AI, like Irish accents can be even hard for oh, it to understand. I struggle all the time with uh, uh, voice recognition technology. Yeah, I am too common and too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to everyone who listens to me on a podcast. <laughs> so I I. I feel like creating a technology to get rid of the accents of the world and, and make everybody sound the same is not only like, you know, covering over the, yeah. the beautiful diversity of society and causing massive problems, but it's not, it's, it's actually eradicating or hiding the problem more yeah. and, and making it harder to make these kind of technologies more understanding yeah. of voices in the world, which and it even, should be doing. Even more pressure on the users who are the other to this type of voice to adapt their voice to yeah. work within the technology. We're all going to, like, as I said to Abeba, we're all going to have YouTube voice. So like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. Or just imagine, I just selfishly, I would hate this personally if your every interaction sounded like that TikTok automated. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we're going towards. Yeah. My sister brought home a dog. Here's what my dad said. <laughs> that's places in Dublin who get pancakes. <laughs> It's horrendous. Oh. It actually makes me think of as well. I don't know. It's a very niche program, so apologies, listeners. But if anybody's watched Miranda, oh, on BBC, yeah. but she was on, a, she was stuck on, and she has a, like a, a very British, like quite a posh, like mm. very easily understandable accent. But she was on a phone call of trying to like change a delivery date or something, and it's like, like please say the day that you would like to change. And she was like Tuesday over and over again. They were like, did you say Thursday? And this weird like <laughs> voice comes in. She's like, I literally can't make it any clearer. Tuesday it's just getting posher and posher with everything like trying to get stuck on a loop with a voice recognition software is yeah the worst the worst <laughs> and so. what else is the worst today I Jenny you found a good one uh I mean lots of things but <laughs> like lots of things all of it's bad it's not all bad but like a lot of things are bad so I found this uh, a thing called a replica app, which um, you know created AI companions. It's a chatbot, basically a chatbot companion, and that's kind of what it was meant to be for, like a you know a friend, a little chatbot friend. Mm -hmm. But um, people, people, men, <laughs> were using it to um, make AI girlfriends, you know. And on the surface of that, that sounds kind of sweet. But also, back to the original point of AI is problematic. Uh, the people who build it might be problematic. The people who use it are also terrible. Humans can be terrible. We're Not, also the worst. <laughs> we're also the worst. We're also the problem. And these people were literally creating a little AI girlfriend to be mean to them, you know, like to actually be mean to the girlfriend. I think there was one and the replica um, kind of interaction page, I think it was a Reddit subreddit. They were posting the interactions and the moderators kept getting rid of them because, you know, you're not supposed to post like horrible stuff like that, obviously. So they were yeah. going quickly, but there were things like I threatened to take out her battery and oh. she begged me not to. Like, that's horrendous. Like, they're literally creating oh it just God. to be mean to them. Now, that's horrible. But there, that's a subset. There were people who were just making an AI girlfriend out of replica, like for like a romantic relationship, you know, like it's meant to be a friend or a mentor or a chat partner or whatever. But it did skyrocket in pro in popularity because people wanted a kind of a romantic relationship with an AI bot. And it kind of comes back to that, like trying to make an AI laugh. Um, we're sort of treading that wire of making sure people definitely understand that the robot cannot understand you. It is not sentient. It does not have feelings. But what what does that bring out in people? 
Yeah. Like, this is like, there's an element that's like, there's some of the sort of sick, sadistic people. Yeah. Um, but there's also an element of like, some people just like to push the boundaries when they come across mm. something like this. And, you know, they, they don't think, you know, a person is being affected by this. Yeah. So there was this whole issue was, has been raised in research papers as well where the way, the way people talk to Alexa and Siri and the fact that they happen to have women's voices there's yeah. some issues there mm-hmm. um, and even like your self-service checkouts they tend to have female vo- sounding yeah. voices as well um, and, and there's work going on and, and to create these kind of like gender fluid sounding voices mm. and they're kind of cool but the reason why they're being made is because they're afraid that there's this kind of A like the, there's a domesticity mm. kind of like how can the I help women you? will do the work for you mm. uh, element two but then it's also yeah people are often not very nice, to, nice women. to these voices and like what does that say about us as a society like whether it's sentient or not being rude to a computer is actually kind of gross as well yeah <laughs> yeah I think it's important to actually like continue to be polite to the things that talk to us whether that's a robot or otherwise yeah I remember actually a while a few weeks ago we were leaving um the podcast studios and the, the 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 speaker at the door was like the door is open and you said thank you <laughs> which is just adorable yeah I'm trying to just like I feel like this is our future we're going to be interacting with these systems all the time and like I don't believe that it can hear me or has feelings or that I should be polite to it but I just think there's a societal implication there we allow ourselves to be mean to computing technology it's not a far step then to be mean over a screen to a human being mm. And I worry about that a lot as well. So, yeah, like it doesn't have to be sentient for you to be a good person. Yeah. You just hear all the time of people trying to like ask Alexa to say bad things or they say like really nasty things. Yeah. To these technologies. And I'm just like, stop doing that. And it's not they're not always the kind of people who are like, I just want to make a fake girlfriend so I can be mean to them and then post a bit on Reddit. That's Mm. a whole that's a whole other other end of the spectrum. Um, And when you first told me about it, I thought they were creating the girlfriends to be mean to themselves which I was like hey whatever your kink is uh, <laughs> that would be better yeah. I think I'm sure there are those yeah. too I'm sure there are I, I mean the like you know it again it's the trainable AI at the end of the day so I mean I'm sure they can yeah they can do that um, and I think I did read a little bit about like that the, that the AI was mean to them I don't know if that was on purpose or by accident but like I'm <laughs> sure like if that's what you're into it's probably yeah. a workaround but also people were just like Making the point of like sometimes because it's a chatbot, like it's essentially like you're texting someone and sometimes it it can just be nice to text someone and have someone text you back. You know, like that's just something that like, you know, there is functions to these. And also there's this whole um, concept of like, you know, emotional sort of dumping sort of things where it's just like, I just need to say the thing out loud. But like also... I don't want to put this on another person. Mm. So like, you know, I don't think that there's no functions to these things. Yeah. I think that actually can be quite, because it can be quite cathartic, cathartic to just get those things out of your system. But like, you don't really want to offload that. Yes, yeah, sometimes all you want is a sounding word. And sometimes if you've got one person in your life that's serving that purpose all the time, that can actually be exhausting for mm. them. Um, so yeah, if you if you approach these technologies and they have a healthy use case and you approach them with a healthy um, understanding of how they work like understanding mm. that you know you're this is literally a sounding board this is not sentient it's not a, a human um but this might help you through something as a tool like i think we just need to we have a lot to learn ourselves in terms of learning to use these tools and like how we understand them and how they work and that's why we're here yeah <laughs> i think it's work. just important to have that balance of like yeah like you said you know just because they're not sentient doesn't mean you should be mean to them number one 
But number two, don't start to fall into that trap of, you know, believing that they really can understand you because then you're into dangerous category, uh, territory of, you know, um, did you ever see the movie Her? Oh, yeah. You know, so that was like a man having a relationship with a bot, basically. The bot, I think the bot is sentient in that movie because obviously yeah. it's a movie. So like dystopian reality. So <laughs> I think it was Olivia Wilde. That was the voice. But, um, you know, she was sentient. But, you know, still it did paint this picture of like, no, no, this is a bot, though. It's still not a human person. And the connection was very, very deep. And he, I think I think he was like you're cheating on me with other people yeah. <laughs> like, so. I, you see this scenario play out a lot in films like uh, Ex Machina as well and uh, there was another one that came to mind but it's 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 kind of oh yeah a, a little bit in Blade Runner 2049 mm. uh, well not a little bit it's a whole massive plot point in Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> what I find really funny about that I was eye rolling through that whole fucking film because <laughs> I was just like oh my god another film about some bro who built a girlfriend like I'm really sick of that fucking trope and it's approached in such a way it's like isn't it great <laughs> it's like yeah I bet a bunch of men made this film oh yes yes they did mm-hmm. yeah there was there was also an episode on Buffy oh he built yeah an actual well robot. at least on Buffy it was like this Judged. is some dark shit yeah. like, and you're gross Warren yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was the incel before we had that term yeah for the original definite 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 sure <laughs> yeah and even I think there was a bit of that where he's like I'm calling her because if she doesn't respond it sets off like an electrical current and she's like if you don't if she doesn't answer you it hurts her you're so creepy and this is like that guy who's like I threatened to take out her battery was his name Warren? <laughs> I don't know oh my god the, the trio making a comeback watch Buffy um, and be nice to AI yeah <laughs> Yeah, to sum up, it can't understand you. It can't really understand you, but that doesn't mean you should be rude to it. That's a good point. Thanks for listening to Tech and Ages, our bonus content from For Tech's Sake, a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. Remember, you can listen to all of the brilliant bonus content from across the Headstuff Podcast Network, and you should. And you can follow us at Silicon Republic and at For Tech's Sake Pod on your preferred social platform. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.